On today's episode of the Outfielder Podcast, Jimmy Midtown is back to join the Outfielder host as we make our season predictions for 2020. It's a little bit late, but we're making them anyway because the season is just now underway after this weekend. Lots to talk about, lots of initial reactions, lots of opinions about how things are going so far. I'll give you guys a hint. Not awesome. You know what is awesome, though? The fact that we're sponsored by a great company like audible now audible has been with us for over a year now they're an incredible sponsor we urge you guys please support the show if you like what you're listening to if you don't like what you're listening to it doesn't matter go over to audibletrial.com forward slash slm sensibly loud media slm they'll give you a free audiobook you can get started give it a try any book huge library tons and tons of different selections of things that you can read or listen to as you go it's a little bit weird listening to books at first but you get used to it really fast it's a great way to kill books fast i love it the great sambino loves it ben baseball loves it and jimmy midtown loves it. that's four <laughs> recommendations jimmy midtown the one and only Jimmy Midtown loves it too. You guys got to head over to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM and let them know that the guys from the outfielder sent you. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Outfielder Podcast, episode 119, presented by Sensibly Loud Media. I am your host, J Mac a.k.a. Founder Numero Uno, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Popfly himself, Founder Numero Dos, Ben. Eat a boatload of crow. Baseball. Ben, what's going on, man? Hello, hello. I seem to be emerging from a uh, nice bowl of crow chowder. I don't know. That sounds gross. Let's see who's uh, who's in the kitchen. Who's What's our resident cook up to today? Let's... Uh, let's Get those fancy pizzas going on. Ladies and gentlemen, now batting cleanup for the Outfielder Podcast. Number three, the great Sam Bino. Sam, welcome back. Hi. How's it going, man? It's going. <laughs> it's you going. know. The pause just, says it all. It's just... Yeah, get just get somebody else to talk. All right. So, speaking of other people to talk, we just had the bold proclamation that they do not have a yard. Who is that that doesn't have a yard? Well, I'm glad you're here because you're about to find out. Jimmy's back. What's going on, Jimmy Midtown? How are you doing, man? Hey, guys. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, I think the last time I chatted with you was in uh, February. Uh, so I guess, you know, what's what's new? What's, what's been going on? Oh, not much. You know, just kind of a... Nothing has happened. <laughs> yeah, no, no news. Actually, really, nothing has happened. It's just absolute terror. It's terrible. It's awful. Well, we are definitely lucky and glad to have you, especially, I, I know things up in New York got a little dodgy there before the rest of the country decided to participate in earnest, and uh, we're definitely happy to hear that, that you and yours are, are in good standing, and, and we're, we're thrilled to have you, my friend. Thank you. Appreciate it. You had a nice little escape artist thing there going from New York to California. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, a little uh, you know impromptu road trip across the country, uh, which, you know, you got to do that from time to time, I guess. Apparently. Very Jack Kerouac of you. <laughs> were you Were you inspired by uh, the movie Escape from New York? Like, were you watching that? And you're like, we're out of here. Was that is that like the sequel to Escape from L.A. or the or does it go the other way or are they unrelated? I think it's the other way, but I'm not a hundred percent. It's okay. either the other Kurt way. Or it's where Kurt Douglas. Kurt Douglas. Yeah. Yeah, he was just looking to uh, recreate the voyage of the Brooklyn Dodgers to become the Los Angeles Dodgers. That was that was the impetus for this. Got it. Yeah, got it. Well, uh, can we comment one more time? What an amazing song that is, J Mac. Well done. And I don't know why, but now when I hear it, I picture like Jimmy in a bathrobe, and it's problematic. 
That's <laughs> unbelievable. I don't know why that's the case, but sure. It's been quite a quarantine for Ben. Yeah, things have gotten weird on Ben's end. Well, uh, I figured we'd talk a little bit about kind of where things are after the first weekend, initial thoughts. Um, it's kind of weird because this Marlins news broke today and I'm just so conflicted and furious about all of it. And so I figured we'd talk about that and then we'd do these season predictions. But the real question is, and Jimmy, I'll throw it to you first. I mean, is this season even going to finish? Are we like, we're already having like a complete meltdown after like the first weekend. Well, so what's interesting is I have condensed about like three months of Mets misery into a weekend. <laughs> and so I, I managed to like tell my, convince myself on Friday that like this, we're going all the way to the world series. Like this team's going to be amazing. Cespedes is great. Everything's fantastic. And then we completely collapsed the rest of the weekend. So I don't really know. I don't know where we'll be a week from now, let alone two months from now, but it really, it doesn't feel like things are going smoothly enough for us to get through an abbreviated season. It's definitely not the case. Ben, do you want to kind of run down like what happened today and then we can kind of go from there? Because I think both both things about opening weekend need to be talked about here, but I mean, this yeah, is kind of so overarching. To catch everyone up, we're recording this Monday, so you're likely hearing it Monday live or on Tuesday when it hits the streams. And basically, baseball came back last week. It was fantastic. There were games, and people had cutouts, and no one was wearing a mask, and everyone thought everything was awesome. And what else could we worry about, right? Except um, today, the Marlins and Orioles game down in Florida and the Phillies and Yankees game in Philly have both been postponed due to additional COVID testing. So basically a, I don't have the exact figures, but like 15 Marlins players or some stupid number, six Marlins and three Phillies. Basically everyone's getting a contagious uh, virus Hmm. that no one could have at all saw coming. Hmm. And uh, who knows what's going to happen. That's the most amazing part is it's like nobody saw this coming. Nobody said it. Nobody said this was a bad idea. Well, I think they should just call the East. Like, no more East. Sorry, Jimmy. Like, no Yankees, no Phillies, no Mets. And just see how the West and Central go. That's a terrible Isn't that why they complain? That would be fine with me. Yeah, honestly, the Red Sox we- lost two of three against the Orioles this weekend to open. This is an Orioles team that in the last two seasons has lost a total of 238 fucking games. And... I'm not confident how it's going anyway, so you know what? I think that's a good idea. Just hack the the East off. Get about I love how quickly how quickly you were able <laughs> to translate this into a Red Sox moment for you. No, well, Jimmy was just talking about the Mets. I'm talking about opening weekend here. Yeah, no, I think if if we want to just cancel the East for this year, that's fine. Yeah, and you know, I can just not worry for a few months about the Mets at least and Edwin Diaz, and we can get back to it sometime in 2021. And I'm really mostly concerned that my cutout makes it through the season out there in Oakland. That's what I'm most concerned about here. Which, by the way, I have now watched more games played in Oakland (laughs) than I ever have any other game in my life trying to find your cutout. And while I haven't found it yet, there was a horse cutout that I saw yesterday and sent you all a picture of. What is going on in the East Bay area? So I have the actual location. The seat. So, Jimmy, just so you know, I bought one of those cutouts of myself and put it out in the outfield in Oakland. Well, I didn't put it out in the outfield. They up, I uploaded a picture and they put it out there. But uh, I have the location and everything for where it is. We just need to find out exactly where that is Like whenever they're panning on the camera. Jimmy's either very unamused or very frozen. <laughs> very frozen. I don't think he's that unamused by it. He is... <laughs> He is very unamused by us. Uh, we were going to ask him to pick it up on his way back from California, but uh, I guess he wasn't getting cell reception. Yeah, that'll that happen. would have been 10 hours out of the way. <laughs> All right. California is only the third largest state. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, it's just a little detour, I think. He could have made it happen. Oh, hi, Jimmy. Welcome back. Jimmy's back. <laughs> Thanks, guys. You just wanted to hear your song again, didn't you? <laughs> is that how it works every time I come back into the chat? No. Oh, no. So, sorry for the podcast listeners. We we lost Jimmy live for a second. Uh, 
Yeah, so I bought a cardboard cutout of myself that's out in the field in, uh, outfield in Oakland, and so we've been looking for it for the last three days. Ben, I agree with you. I've actually watched more Oakland baseball in the last three days than I've watched in a couple of years. Yeah. I like watching the A's. They're probably my favorite in-division team to watch. They have really good announcers, and also I've just like spent a lot of time in the stadium. So anytime they're at home, like I don't mind watching an A's game. It was always on like in the background when I lived out there, so it's kind of like home. See, here's the, the problem is now that I'm just on the the hunt for the cutout, I'm tuning out the baseball part and just zoom, you know, tuning into the commercials, which is supposed to be the other way around. So I like where's Waldo actually rewired my brain in like two days. It's amazing. That's, that's like me with the Super Bowl. Like, I'm not going to watch it. I'm just here for the commercials. It's fair. It's absolutely fair. Well, we're going to find it. We're going to find it. Oh, I hope we find it. I don't know. After I mean, you have a couple of so. The, a couple of details about the Marlins story. We'll go back to that for a second. So they essentially found out that they had a couple of negative tests before they were playing yesterday and went ahead and played anyway, which is insane. And they contaminated the Phillies locker room while they were there. Like, you know, since they had a bunch of positive cases, they contaminated the locker room there, which that's Ben was talking about the, the Phillies and the Yankees game being canceled or postponed today. I mean, that's those are the kinds of things that we're already looking at. We're three days into this. And the, the fact that it was up to the Marlins, whether or not they got to play after the positive test is like... It's crazy. It's not, it's not okay. You're not allowed to decide that. Like, right. People, when it comes to other people's public health, you are not allowed to make that decision as an how, organization. How many times do we need to reread Upton Sinclair's The Jungle to know that businesses policing themselves tends to not serve the public very well? It was something like 113 pages of protocol, but there was no breakdown of what to do if you have people on the team test positive. How is that possible? Can I answer Ben's question? I'd say at least once more. All right. <laughs> Glad you went back That's to that. Fair point. Thank you. But once again, how is that possible? How are you letting... And, and Sam, you and I talked about this specifically whenever we were looking at the guidelines of how this was going to get started. And it's like, how are we supposed to sit there and trust that every team is going to abide by guidelines when it's in the best interest of the actual team to play games to make money here? Like, And, and my favorite part was the fact that they were claiming people off wires today. I'm sure those players were just loving that. Thrilled. <laughs> Thrilled to be next to Alcantara and Miguel Rojas, who are, like, sick. I'm going to pretend to not see my phone ring on that one. Yeah. It's an unbelievable scenario. I don't – I mean, so, Sam, how long do you think this lasts? Well, you know, I was really hoping we'd get, like, through two weeks or so before something like this were to happen. I mean, if you lose the four teams that they're talking about, that's the Phillies and the Yankees. They're big, big market teams. And then the Marlins and the Orioles, kind of two small market teams. I don't know. Like, those four, it doesn't work without all those teams. You can't, like, restructure everything so that it makes sense. Right. And you can't just, like, have – so I know that you can use, like, winning percentage to seat the 16 teams in the playoffs, which is absurd. But, like, you can't just justify that for one team having, you know, played – you know, 60 games and one team playing 50 games. That's just not, you, there's not enough time to postpone games here. Right. So that, that's kind of where I was aiming. I mean, if the uh, Marlins, they, they postponed today's game, they've already postponed tomorrow's game. Um, they're very likely going to have to keep postponing games until they can get the all clear or pick up like all, all the minor league players that don't have jobs to come and play. <laughs> I've got to think that like, at a certain point, if you postpone five games, there's no more buys. There's no more like uh, off days. There's only so many double headers that you can make up. They're probably fucked after like five, five, six games. They can't make that up and they're out. And then the whole house of cards collapses. We're going to go back to like little league rules and just play six inning games to try to get everything in by the end of it. It's going to be like a quintuple header, but it's just actually like whoever throws the first strike wins. And it's just going to be like the, the season is just such a joke. It's just no way it's going to finish. I, I, I really thought last week we talked about it on the show. I really thought that if they started it, that they would power through and, and really finish it out. But I do not think that by any means anymore. Well, so that's where 
I completely agree with that. But right now, if they're if they're if they got started in a pandemic anyway, if they didn't even think to write a rule about what should we do if someone tests positive before a game, who gets to make that call? You know, the fact that there's still games being played during a pandemic, it makes me think that uh, there will not be better angels in our society to appeal to and that they're going to be like, no, we're going to keep trying to print money for as long as possible until people die. Middle fingers, I'm out. Like, that's that's what I feel like Manfred is doing. I love that Don Mattingly inadvertently became the face of the whole thing today when he was like, well, you know, we got together and we discussed the results and we decided that as a team we wanted to play and not playing was ever going to be a, an option or whatever. And it's like, all right, for <laughs> a couple of things. You don't get to make that call for everybody else, number one. I know Don Mattingly seems to think he's some sort of god, but he's not. And second of all, like that is just an absurd thing to think that everybody was just on board knowing that this is going to the, the locker room. That's crazy. There's no nothing you can tell me that that says that everybody, or that proves to me that everybody actually knew what the risk was before playing. That's There's no way possible. Yeah, I, I think that's true. Um, there's just so many young guys like who aren't a part of the MLB system. They they used to be like in AAA or whatever. They're gonna pick up as many of those guys as possible because they'll play for like, you know, like a can of cat food per game. They don't really care, and they're willing to take the risk. And the MLB is willing to take the money. Like, they're they're going to keep playing. I think for a while. So Sam, know. you negotiated cat food into your contract. Is this what we're we're finding out today? So I watched uh, District 8 the other day. Have you ever seen this movie? Robot aliens. Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Yeah. <laughs> Basically, cat food is like a prized possession among the aliens. So, sorry. Mm -hmm. It's a good thing I got a lot of it. I guess just one other thought, though. Like, I, I'm not convinced that just like trying to barrel through this and giving half your teams uh, a potentially deadly virus is like good for business. Like, no. if, the, if the argument is like, this is the business is going to win out. Like, I think it's probably pretty bad. If, if you look like the league that like, it just gave most of your players a disease. Yes. Except that's, what's already happening. You know, like right. if they were worried about, you know, if they were really worried about it and it wasn't just lip yeah. service, they would have wrote protocols, followed protocols, not even started in the first place. And, you know, that's where it's like, yes, they're going to continue to try to to try to stack that paper, yo. You've got a lot of balls yeah. to come out and say that you want health to be first and foremost above everything else when like twelve people on your team just tested positive for this thing and you continued to play. That's that's that doesn't jive. I don't care what what universe any people are living in. Like, there's just that doesn't make sense. None of that makes sense. At what point do they does the MLB go? Okay, we made a mistake. It's gonna. It takes a lot of willpower to make that kind of course correction when you're that large and powerful. Like recent examples aside, th that's just gonna be really difficult for them to do. Um, I don't see that happening. So they you're won't. you're more you're more of the side. You think it's just gonna keep on going, huh? I think they're gonna pick up all the Keona Reeves from replacements and just like play, 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 play. But out on that. I think the, the point is, and, and to agree with, with Jimmy here, is they never will admit that they're wrong. Even if in five days we find out they're taking a three-week hiatus, they'll still be like, nope, we absolutely did the right thing with our July start date. Like They will never do anything that admits any semblance of culpability. That's a good point. It is a very good point, and you, that's what you will see, is you will see it just sort of wind down. It won't really, it'll be put on pause and then kind of kick, you know, kick down the road indefinitely until whatever. I mean, at some point, you, I guess you make the call or whatever, but I mean, at that point, I don't know if it'll matter. I saw that ratings have been obviously through the roof because people are absolutely starved for baseball or starved for sports and live entertainment in general. So, I mean, you're obviously going to have that pop. I mean, we seem to have spent all weekend collectively watching the A's, but I mean, you know, I actually. You know, I popped on a lot of different games all weekend. I did too. I watched um, a surprising amount of Dodgers baseball because I was super excited, so I was up. And I watched Dodgers-Giants, like, both of the first two games, like, in full. 
I'm never going to stay up late and watch that shit again. <laughs> Ever again. No moss. That's just true. What about you, Jimmy? What was on your baseball watch and dance card this weekend? Uh, I watched some Dodgers Giants as well. Um, Cause it was the Yankees and the Yankees Nats and Dodgers Giants were the first night. Um, so I watched, I watched most of both of those, maybe not all of the Dodgers Giants one. And then I, you know, I watched all the Mets one or the Mets. I, I watched all the Mets game Friday. Then I got kind of drunk. Um, and then, uh, Saturday, uh, watched, I watched them blow it on Saturday. I got, I was around for that. And then Sunday didn't even bother. And He's then, like, then I got drunk they, again. Yeah. Yeah. And then I saw they were down 14 to one. And I was like, ah, glad, glad I didn't get invested in this one. <laughs> Season's over. It went, it got out of hand a little quickly on them. That's for sure. Yeah. So I, Friday night, were you like texting and calling your family? Like, this is the year y'all, the Mets are yeah, going all the way. I was, I was all in. I was on the bandwagon. I packed my thing. 59 more games. Ready, <laughs> yeah. Going 60 and 0. And well, then, oof. Jimmy, what was the Cespedes thing that you texted me? I forgot exactly. It was an incredible oh, fact. Uh, he is, uh, he has home. What was it? He is. Let me look it up. Yeah, look it up. Sure the, it right. the wording is important that. here. Is this about the Cy Young thing? No, no, no. This yeah, is. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, this is an unbelievable situation given his recent things that have happened to him and his his strange so far Mets career. So this is unrelated to the boar incident on his ranch. Uh, sort uh, tangential, I'd say. Yeah. He has homered in his last, when he homered on opening day, he had homered in his last three games, which were July 2020, July 2018, and May of 2018, which I had sent to Sam, <laughs> too. Um, so, and, and then he also was one of a few guys to homer in back-to-back games uh, that many years apart, but all the other guys who, who had that, they, like, served in World War II. So like a little bit of a different um, <laughs> dynamic there in terms of one guy, one guy got murdered by a boar and the others, you know, uh, were in the greatest generation. So whatever. No, no Some good dichotomy there. Yeah. Uh, it really comes full circle and shows you the absurdity of 2020. Um, ben, I saw something today. So, I, so nobody came out of opening weekend undefeated. And I think it's like the first time since like the 40s or something like that. Is that true? Yeah, I saw some stat line, but I don't have that exact figure. I don't remember the last time that uh, even in, in this pod, you know, sometimes people are going six, seven, eight, nine games in our three-year run so far where before they give give one up. So, I mean, it was definitely something else. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, it, it was a weird opening weekend. It seemed like fun. What did you guys think about like, crowd noise being pumped in and all that kind of stuff. Cause I, I'm di- dying to know what you guys think about that from the Rangers perspective in a brand new. So I, I, I'm into it. I think it's fun. It's probably good for the players. They're like, uh, they'll, they'll pump it up at the right moments. Like when, you know, it's full count against your opponent or something, you're in your home home field. That's great. What I really, the whole sound thing, it makes sense. Like that just makes it a more natural ballpark state. What I hate unrelated to the audio is the foot uh, on TV they will use MLB the show um, spectators and artificially put them in the stands in certain shots have you guys seen this no you got to find a picture of this and we'll, we'll throw it up on the screen we've got well, I'll find a, I'll find yeah. some video of this it is haunting <laughs> it is haunting and really weird so oh, is this the thing that uses like Nintendo 64 graphics to put people in? Pretty much, yeah. Oh my god! All right, we got to see this. Yeah, we got to take a look at this. Um, Looks like we're watching Ken Griffey Jr. baseball club or whatever. Um, I think for me the sound effects like I agree with every point Sam said, but I do wish that we could just hear what all the players were saying and hear them chirping at each other and hear them giving each other crap. Did y'all see Derek Holland get ejected? No. Okay. (laughs) So not. Not only was he ejected um, during the game, he wasn't in the dugout. He wasn't on the field. He was in the bleachers <laughs> and, like, disagreeing with what the umpire was saying. And the umpire was like, no, you're out of here, man. And legit points into the audience, ejects Derek Holland. 
And that's whenever the uh, the Pirates manager came out to have the confrontation is because he initially called Holland the wrong name and ejected the wrong Holland. Oh, and no. So it was like a whole a whole cluster mess about it. <laughs> that's incredible. I didn't realize he still played baseball, to be real honest with you. And Pittsburgh. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. I feel like we're going to see more of that this year because everyone can hear what everyone else is saying. So there's going to be a lot of like testy uh, back and forth and people taking, taking slights that they otherwise wouldn't have heard in previous seasons. So I agree with that. I think that the way they should have gone about this is that they should have pumped it in on the TV side and not necessarily in the stadium side because that makes it sound way more hollow to me and way less authentic. Like, uh, I was l- watching a little bit of the uh, Rangers-Rocky series, and I they kept doing the organ thing where they make people clap, you know, that dun-dun-dun-dun-dun thing that they do. But, like, people aren't there to clap, so then you've got to, like, put in... It's, it's just very odd. You've got to insert the clapping. you got to try to get that right. There's a lot going on there. It's not great. I don't like that part of it. I think they should have done that on the TV broadcast, if they're going to do it at all. Also, just one last note about... Uh you know, the empty stadiums and how play, uh, this is actually how players have been reacting. Um, someone interviewed Brandon Nimmo on the Mets about like what it's like playing in empty ballpark. And he said, you know, not to be mean, but it's just kind of like playing in Miami, <laughs> which I thought was a great, great reaction. Especially given everything that's gone down the last like 12 yeah, hours. Things have really changed quite playing in Miami now means communicating uh, or contracting COVID, but it's, <laughs> Whatever. It's very true. It's it's definitely taken on a new meaning. Did you guys see the first socially distanced umpire screaming match? It was hilarious. They both like got their masks ready. They're like, "All right, hold on, I gotta put my mask on before I scream in your face." And then they like kind of got four feet apart and yelled. <laughs> it was really good. The best part was that the umpire thought that he wasn't really gonna need it for very long, and then he like then was like, "Damn it, okay, hold on." And he had to actually put it on. It was. It was fantastic. <laughs> you know, maybe they could make like sponsored face shields. So, like, you know, this argument is brought to you by MasterCard, and it's just like a giant MasterCard logo on something that the coach, the manager, has to wear before he goes out and yells at the umpire. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you find that video, Sam? I put it in. Oh, do you want me to share my screen? Yeah, just share your screen, and we'll we'll throw it up okay. here real quick. I closed the link. You know, I would absolutely, you know, this this got me got me thinking. Oh, whoa, we got a live comment here. I wish we had the option to watch it without the background noise, like the Premier League. I know, like Ivan, thank you so much. Ivan Wouldn't is it always be nice. Such an oracle, a fantasy oracle, I might add. Very good at fantasy baseball, apparently. Uh, which, by the way, at some point, I need to learn how Roto works because I <laughs> I had less points today than I did yesterday, and I was confused. It's all very, very strange. All right. All right. So you can see my screen. Oh, yeah. We got it. All right. Let me see if I can make this bigger. This is great for the audio portion of the podcast, right? So you can see these, like, fake people in the stands. Oh, no. (laughs) If you get really close up on them, they look fucking weird. (laughs) I don't like that they fill it in like that. That's a really bad look. That is not good. All right, we'll pump that out on our social later so people can take a look at it. That is terrible. Uh, Yeah. And if you just watch some of the – they were on the weekend games. I hadn't seen any of that during a weekday game for some reason. But um, maybe they're they're playing with it or some some shit. Or it could be that it's more for like a a national broadcast type situation where you've got to have the – the funds to pump in instead of like, you know, your Fox sports Southwest's and whatnot. Yeah. But you can just tell that somebody developed like 30 different personas for a fan and you can, they're all moving and doing shit. So like you can spot the different people because they're all sort of doing the same thing at the same time, like four seats apart and like all around them. It's fucked up. Come on. You gotta be better than that. So is that what we, you think we would look at if we were talking about playoffs? Or do you think if we were to get to the playoffs, we're, that's not going to happen. I'm just going to put that out there. But if we were to get to the playoffs, do you guys think that they would have that pretty consistently? Well, let me ask you a two-part question. One, do you think that they would have fans? If not, do you think that that's the route they would go? Yes. To all of the above. Yeah, so I, I think that they we won't get there. 
but if we did, they would try to find a way to force fans in, and if they couldn't make that work, they would put the digital fans in. It's not great. It's just not good at all. But as a Ranger fan, I won't even have to ever worry about the playoffs anymore. So Hey, if you take if you take last year's standings and apply them to this season, the Rangers make it. They're the sixteenth team. Ooh. That is so nothing, take that, Ben Baseball. Nothing to numbers. Uh can I bring a true Cinderella story? <laughs> uh I, I did notice that Lance Lynn looked okay on, on opening day, but boy is he a portly fellow. He got a little big. He plump, plump guy. Yeah, a little bit. But a good, uh, you know, a fine pitcher. Do we have we heard anything about Kluber in the timetable on that? Uh, last I saw, he just had some tightness in his shoulder and his precautionary. Let me see if there's any recent news. But no, no, like devastating Verlander level news. Which, by the way, for those that are just now tuning in, oh, Justice yeah. Verlander out for the season. <laughs> Corey Kluber is all in the I.L. with a grade two strain in his shoulder. Ooh, that doesn't sound good. Doesn't sound good at all. All right. How do you grade uh, a strain? Like, hmm. at math? How bad is it? Let's put a number Best on it. case scenario, he, re- he returns as a reliever in September. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> that is unbelievable. It is. I have him on my fantasy team. So that's great. <laughs> ben, speaking of that, so we we kind of teased this a second ago, but like we had our fantasy draft, and so we decided to go rotisserie league for the year. It's very strange. Like I said, Ivan is might be the rotisserie league guru here. I'm not sure. I'm not sure where the standings fall right now, but I'm pretty sure he's still leading. Um, we had the draft the other night. Ben, how many COVID players did you draft? Too many. Come on. I, heard two. I think that I, uh, I I think that number got up to four. Is it five? I'm pretty sure it's five. I don't even know. It's not good. I've got one too. Jimmy, where'd you fall on that? Jimmy just picked up Adam Adovino. Like he's definitely on the draft right this second. Yeah, I just I just went and did that like this second. Um you know <laughs> uh, I don't think I have any COVID people at the moment. That's that's what I I'm, at least I'm hoping. I don't know. COVID folk. Okay, well, we'll see how it goes. I, I don't like how it's shaping up so far. The it's... only one of us that's in the top five is me. I mean, I'm number three. I was in. So, so the points are weird, Ben. I was in tenth place on Saturday, and I'm in third right now. So there's hope. It's still early. Ivan, so... Ivan's weighing in real quick. It's all luck. I promise. I don't know. Nah, this I, team is nasty. I think he might be snaking us here. I don't trust it. Yeah. He's uh he's sharking us at foosball, yep. where he pretends to be bad. All right, any other grievances? Anything we need to file before we get into predictions? Anybody? No, nothing. I mean, I I have tons of grievances, mm. but none necessarily baseball that aren't politically affiliated. Okay, that's fair. Well, let's do some predictions then sam do you want to kind of lead us through the format of taking notes of how it's going to happen or how do you want to do it yeah i'll i'll give us a rundown i don't think anything's really off limits for these predictions um in previous seasons we have gotten really really granular and said you know choose the amount of assign the amount of wins to each team in each division pick the division winner pick the ds winner wild card cs world tiers all that stuff like by number of wins. So we're not going to do that this time because, well, during a 60-game season, it's kind of hard to judge what success looks like and because that's just, like, not a lot of fun to talk about. So you're, you're certainly welcome to throw out predictions like that if you want to say that the Baltimore Orioles are going to win all 60 games. You'd be wrong because they've already lost two. But, um, like, have at it. Go for, go for it with that sort of prediction. I, I think we're aiming more for predictions around – Maybe like some off-the-wall stats or overall season predictions. Like, for instance, my season prediction is we will get all the way through this. Okay. Interesting. And, and to be clear. Just, like, fucking just power through, huh? Yeah. So to be clear, too, if we, if we get to the postseason, if we get to like September and we're looking like we're going to have a postseason, we will do predictions for it. Because the thing is, 16 teams are making the playoffs if we get there no matter what. So like that's not really... I mean, 
that's more than half the league. So you can really kind of bet on who's really going to be in and who's going to really be out here. Yeah. I think if we get that far, we should do predictions like with the 16 that would make it at that point, And then we can say who would make it for further down the trough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I really think that there's no stopping this train. They're going to draft all and pick up all the guys from the minor league system to, to get through this. Um, I, I don't think they have the willpower or the shame to say like, Oh, oops. Uh, you know, four days in, oops, we fucked this up. They need to like recoup their, their startup costs. And I think that's going to take the whole season or the shame. I love it. <laughs> so it's going to be like a stopgap year. Like, Oh, there's a gap. Just grab someone. And it's going to be like Jimmy Midtown relief pitching. Well, I was going to ask if like, if you got a phone call from the Marlins and they said, Hey, we had, we had a little incident. Uh, can you, can you, can you come play uh, play left field for us? <laughs> Which would you do? <laughs> How much would they pay me? I yeah, think that would... that's the question. Oh, just pro bono. No, no way. Okay. I don't think I would have done that before COVID, to be real honest with you. Oh, I would. <laughs> it's the Absolutely. Marlins, though. <laughs> Put on that uniform and call me a fish. I'd, I'd, I'd do it, but you got to pay me for it. I mean, we may get to a real situation where we have to play your game against Sam Marlin or politician. I mean, Marlin or big fish politician. Yeah, yeah. one of the two. It could happen. Um, I'm on board. I would say that we also have to make a prediction of what our team is going to do. Okay. Is that That's fair? fine. Um, all right, Jimmy, do you have any takes right off the, the bat that you want to want to lead us off with? Uh, do you want to, do you want to start with the NL East, which is the only thing that I have any knowledge of? Sure. Yes. Okay. So I think, I think the way this is going to shake out is it's probably going to end up being Braves, Nat, Mets, Phillies, Marlins don't finish the season. <laughs> How far do the Marlins get? So a lot like, last like a race. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they. I think they they end up coming back from this. They play like another eleven games, and then they finish the season two and nine. Okay, that would be first of all incredible for the record books. Incredible. Um, I. I so I actually I kind of like that notion though. If you're a team that's not going to compete, not going to be good, decimated by injury, it'd be awesome if you could just opt out. Like you're gonna have like to go the, winning record no matter what happens here. It's like the Hunger I, Games. Like we just get less competition the longer we go. They should just get down to sixteen teams and start the playoffs now. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's crazy to think though, because I mean, like guys like Trout were contemplating not playing this season, and I mean Price opted out obviously, and like there's some other guys who opted out. Uh, if if it turns out that like this Marlins thing is the tip of the iceberg. I wouldn't be shocked if a bunch of guys just like said, you know what? It's, it's not worth it. I'm, I'm just going to sit out and I'll see you, see you next year, which like, I don't know that that throws a whole wrench into all sorts of predictions, I guess. Yeah. I think our take was it is going to take one Mike Trout to do that. And maybe like 12 David prices. And we got one David price. So if you yeah. get an, uh, another dozen caliber David prices up there and they say we're done, they might yeah. come tumbling down. And I mean, p- players are already saying like they're they're not experiencing the safety protocols that they were promised when they started this, and that's a large reason why I think that this may not happen. I don't I don't think that it's going to be, be up to ownership necessarily. I think it will be like you put one Bryce Harper in like the ICU with this shit or whatever, it's over with. Well, and yeah. Freddie Freeman was like he was not looking good uh, like a week ago. He had yeah. 104 fever, and I mean, he's re- it's really it's great that he's back, but um, I don't know. It's a numbers game with all this. Just like enough people get it, like there's going to be some some really like terrible stories that come out of it. So, is the do you think that players would opt out, and then management would say like, "All right, out of an abundance of concern, we're now going to shut down the season," and we did Absolutely. so good by doing so. Absolutely, they congratulate us. <laughs> I'd like my presidential medal of freedom, Mr. Trump. <laughs> don't don't break your hand patting yourself on the back. I get it. <laughs> it. It's so true. And that's exactly what will happen too, is the abundance of caution thing. Is it's 
absolute bullshit. If you were using an abundance of caution, we wouldn't be doing this in the first place. So I want to I want to jump in for just a brief moment because I didn't think that. So a year ago, if you just said, "Hey Ben, you know, end of July." Who's going to have the best record in the American League and the National League? We can say it right now. In the National League currently, only because they played earlier, San Diego has the best record in the National League, and Oakland has the best record in the American League. It's, it's a weird, weird world we're living in right now. That's because Eric Hosmer is crushing the ball. He's got like a 12, he's got like a 2100 OPS. He has like 10 RBI already. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. All right, so suspending all, uh, I guess, reality of what could happen, I would say something that I'm actually going to reverse course on because I've I've actually ragged on them as recently as probably like last episode. I think the White Sox actually have a shitload of, of talent. I just don't know what their pitching is going to be like, and I think that they have the potential to win, like, I mean, on a – if you're talking about like a shorter season, you're talking about like 29, 30 games, something like that. Like that's significant progress for a team that has been in the gutter for a long time. Yeah. And they're missing Michael Kopech, who's like a key piece of that success. Yeah. I like that. I like that take. I put on the prediction sheet, the White Sox will be notable. I think that's all they're looking for is notable. So Remember, though, they'd have to be more notable than the Twins. And I know it's super small sample size, but the Twins already have a plus 10 run differential. They've hung 27 runs on their opponents. Yeah, yeah they look really good. They had quite the, week- <laughs> quite the weekend. They didn't look like they'd really left off much from where they, where they left it back in October. And how sad for them, because they've got everything put together in a really nice way. Like, if this was a full-blown season, this would be their year, I think. Yeah, and w- they would have... A really good shot, depending on injury and everything, they'd have a really good shot at, uh, you know, making a run. So, Jimmy, what are you, where's your head at with the Phillies? Let me ask you that. Well, I think they're they're a good team, but I don't like. I mean, I watched Zach Wheeler for a long time. Zach Wheeler is not like really going to be a difference maker. So, when you think about like the moves that they made, they're going to be a, a good team. Um, I think, I mean, I think with the exception of the Marlins, I think every team in the NL East could be, uh, to use another famous Sam word, sufficient. Um, they'll be like competent, but I think, I think the Braves in particular are like good and young. And I think the Nats are going to have a little bit of like a world series hangover. So I, I think the, you know, the Phillies aren't going to be a bad team necessarily. And, you know, there's enough uncertainty that like things could break and you could be a, you could be a slightly above 500 team and somehow be in first place in a year like this. Um, it's true. But I, but I think, I think the, the Braves and the Nats in particular are like clearly above the Phillies. And then like, I think if we had done this a week ago, I would have somehow wedged the Mets way higher up in that <laughs> list. But I, I got a nice dose of reality over the weekend. So, so I only have them a third, but, you know, so I'm right there. What's brought on the, the sober realism on the Mets, because I don't know that they could take the, the Braves, but I certainly, I certainly could see the Mets overpowering the Phillies and, and Washington as a result of the, the world series hangover. Well, I mean like the day before the season started, Marcus Stroman went out with a calf injury and they announced that he's week to week, which is not a term that I've heard. To, to explain injuries before. No. Um, but, but he's he's probably not going to play this season. Does he have and, a lot of cattle? <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Ben. Uh, yeah. Um, well, I've completely lost my train of thought. <laughs> um, no, so the Mets, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, th- I think that just like suddenly the, the rotation is a lot thinner than. Uh, we thought it would be because Syndergaard went out with Tommy John surgery way back during original spring training. Um, so it's just like the rotation's not that deep. The lineup could be good. I think the DH actually benefits the Mets a lot because we've inexplicably signed a bunch of guys who should only be DHs, and that was without knowing that this was going to be the case. Um, so it's worked out. Uh, we've like failed upwards in that regard. Um, but but I don't. I don't think. I think just like this. This weekend made me realize that like the more things change, the more they stay the same. The Mets are gonna screw all this up. I thought for sure you were gonna say something like, "Well, I've just been sitting inside and thinking about it a whole lot, and I've come to the realization." 
like, alone well, gentlemen, friends. I drove across the country twice, and you'd be amazed what that does to your perspective. <laughs> yeah. So true. It's so true. Yeah, I, I, we talked about that a little bit, Jimmy. Like, I, I think that they, they did benefit. They do benefit a lot from the designated hitter thing. I think that's very true. I just, I mean, Rick Porcello being one of your guys though is just it's tough to look at. And I say that as my number two starter is Martin fucking Perez. So like I, yeah. I'm right there with you. I understand. How did he, how did he do? Not good at all. Terrible. Mm-hmm. But we went in. We went into spring training thinking that he was going to be competing with Michael Waka for the fifth spot. That's a very different place than having him be your third starter. Yeah, yeah, we're the Mets are like really good at signing guys who were good five or six years ago and then like forgetting that part of it, that it's not five or six years ago. Yeah, that'll happen. It's also how I draft in fantasy. No, I'm actually really, uh, really happy to have both of you on because I didn't think we would ever get a chance to have you both on uh, on the same night where the Mets and the Red Sox are playing. Like, I'm, I'm so happy we haven't had a fisticuff so far. It's true. It is very true. Yeah. I don't feel great about it. Justin and I share, we share a, a mutual disdain for the Yankees. So, it's, you know, kind of an enemy of my enemy is my friend situation that we've got to hunt on. And if I have to choose a New York team, obviously it's going to be the Mets any day of the week. That's a given. Yeah. And I would choose the Red Sox if I had to choose a Boston team. Yeah. I mean, it makes they make it pretty easy. It's not very confusing. I mean, you know. <laughs> Jimmy's like, go, go Bruins, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ben, what do you have on the take list? Man, I mean, it's it's so much because anything can happen. Like, I feel like the Dodgers... They were slated uh, by the people over at 538 to have like a 30% chance or something ridiculous at the beginning of the season of a true season of winning the World Series. But with the expanded playoff roster, I mean, they still are a strong team. But once again, anything can happen. And, and we've never started at parity in late July. So it would not surprise me if a team gets hot or if the rebuild happens to hit like what y'all were talking about with the White Sox, this should have been this should have been the Twins, the Yankees Red Sox, and you know, the garbage fire known as Houston all battling it out in the American League. And of that, sitting now knowing what we know now, give me Rays out of the East, still twins out of the central, and um I don't know, like a, a dead bird or something out of the west like no one cares it's all over i'm sorry globe life park is probably beautiful and i'm not allowed inside like this the whole thing sucks it's not great i don't hate that though i I think there's a very so I, i look at teams like the braves as being a good benefactor of the short season too where like I, I was watching the game the other day, and Ronald Acuna Jr.'s forearms are fucking massive. That guy has done nothing but lift weights all off season, all off season. And it, like, I look at things like that. And I'm like, these guys are maturing. They're getting better. They just really need to go on a run. And their pitching isn't the best in the world as far as starters go, but they, they just need to to out smack the shit out of everybody. And I think that that could very well happen in the East. Well, and that's where in the in the NL East, NL East specifically, you know, it's kind of like with Atlanta, or excuse me, Atlanta is kind of like how we were talking about the Twins earlier. Like this would have been a year for them to really make a run at it. This would have been when they'd want to be structured structured well for it. So, you know, I can't say as much about the NL Central. Um, maybe Milwaukee wanted to make a, a another deep run, especially now that they got that outfielder back. Uh, God, what's his name? Oh, um, yep, right there with you. Drug me right down this memory loss hole. Anyway, anyway, teams like Atlanta, Milwaukee, etc., are just not not in a good spot. And you have people like the Padres who can do their best, you know, to to make a real impact. It's true, Sam. Where are you at? What's what's your next prediction? Yeah. So this is all presuming that we get through all sixty games. Just at the rate of home runs, there's there's been a lot of them. I think there's gonna be, there be over five guys with twenty home runs. Wow, that's interesting. Over five guys with twenty home runs or more. It's a lot of home runs. Would your guy Joey? I think Gallo they juice the ball. There's a lot of guys hitting home runs that they have no business hitting home runs already. 
just in like my um, like research on fantasy players, like I'm always quick to pick up some guys who are doing pretty well. There's some people who are hitting home runs. They don't have any business doing it. No. So I think there's going to be a lot of long balls because they know that that drives viewership. So they're like, oh, let's just get, you know, fucking 40 home runs this weekend and um, boost, boost some viewership. So that's sort of my, my stat-based prediction. I think the Reds are actually going to be really good. This presumes the 60-game season. Their lineup is really, really good, and so is their rotation. I think they could do quite a bit of damage um, in the NL Central this year. And I know they have a lot to contend with with the Brewers, but uh, the Reds are like my sort of most improved team this year. Didn't Trevor Bauer strike out like 13 on opening day or something like that? He did. He was on my fantasy team. Of course he was. So is that the dude with the huge neck? Huge yeah. ego. Huge ego, yeah. I don't know about his neck size. Somebody check into that. He's got a big following on Twitter for being a shithead. Yeah, he's a shithead on Twitter, but I love it. I love it. I actually, my next take is I don't think the Nats are going to be that good. I don't think that, like, I I didn't really think that, not that they didn't deserve to win last year, but I thought that they caught fire at the right time. And, I mean, they lost. Guys like Anthony Rendon, I think that's going to make a difference for their their lineup. And I, I just, I don't know. I see them having a little bit of a World Series hangover, if anything else, there. How are the Red Sox going to do? Oh, they're going to be fucking terrible. They're going to win 20 games or so. Fucking terrible. They, I saw some stat yesterday that just, just caught me on fire. I was so pissed off. It was something like between Devers... Bogarts and Benintendi, they hit like 033 this weekend or something like that. It's still pretty early, but yeah, there's been a lot of that. Like Acuna's gotten one hit. There's a lot of good guys who aren't doing very well. I'm just like, I, I actually started looking into that. You actually definitely won that Benintendi trade that you and I had because he has been hot garbage since like mid last year. What was the trade? I gave you Benintendi for... A pitcher, I think. Lance Lynn, maybe? That sounds right. Yeah, yeah, something like that. I wanted to keep Lynn, but I just with eight guys, I couldn't do it. Uh, he's a heavy cat. You're good. You don't want him weighing down your roster. Likes the heavy cream in his saucer. Well, we we know what a fan Sam is of cat food. True. We've already been over that today. Uh, what other takes do we have? If, if I could throw out a statistics take like Sam, please, I'm going to predict we're going to see. Uh, a record high in errors per game. Because I think that these guys just, like, didn't really get a a true spring training in. I think a bunch of them are, like, a little bit, like, not absent-minded, but, like, I think their mind is elsewhere. And I just, I wouldn't be surprised if this is just an incredibly sloppy season um, end-to-end. Maybe their mind is on the global pandemic that's happening around them. Maybe. Sure. Priorities, I guess. just Just a thought. So it, would you pick a specific team or you think just across the board we'll see more errors? I think, I think, I think if, you, if you took average like, number of errors per game across the league, I think it'll be like, significantly higher than last year. But what, what team is going to be comically bad because of errors? Who's it going to be? It's got to be somebody. I hate to pick on the Marlins, but I kind of want to pick on the Marlins in a lot of ways. Uh, well, they're comically bad at testing for COVID. That's true. No, they're good at testing. They're just not good at what they do with the fucking information. Who has the worst defense? It's going to be worse, like compounded worse on that team. Hmm. I think it could be the Angels then because watching Shohei Otani go out and get not even out of the first inning yesterday was brutal. Brutal. Is he a bad fielder? I don't really know, to be honest with you. I don't trust the Angels as far as I can throw them. That's good. Yeah, I like that. I'm going to say the Angels on the the number of errors. That's where I'm going. Uh, Let's see. What else? I'm trying to think. I feel like I had another couple written down. The Rockies are out there toting Daniel Bard like he's the next coming of genius. Jesus, that guy hasn't played in fucking Major League Baseball since like 2012. So love that little rocket train there that we've got going on. Well, and especially because it's rare that you hear someone, quote-unquote, gets the yips 
and then comes back. Like, that's something to where, you know, they basically retired. Oh, and they just struck out seven. mf -er. You know, like, I, I love the story. Hate that it was against the Rangers, but definitely happy to, uh, you know, happy to see it. It's true. I think the Astros are going to be just as good as they have been, to be honest. I think this whole no fan noise, no booing, all that shit works out perfectly in their favor. And nothing makes me more angry than the fact that they're going to get a, an actual pass on this thing. Yeah, but they lost Verlander. Like, you can basically call your bullpen, like, dissolved, right? They're going to have to, like, carry a, a huge amount of innings, much more than, so than before. If they want any Red Sox starters, they can take them. Uh, well, they have a good pitching staff. They, they unlocked Garrett Cole. They could probably unlock Martin Perez. Okay. <laughs> if you think so. <laughs> okay. If so, you say so. In, in response to the question y'all posed a minute ago about who was the worst defense last year, uh, last year the team, I couldn't find true defensive numbers, but the team that gave up the most runs was the Baltimore Orioles. So yeah. would you see them getting comedically worse? They were specifically no. tanking, though, so they're not going to get worse. I don't they, think they get worse either. They looked okay the other day, but the Red Sox were terrible, so I don't really know how to compare that. So more to come, I suppose. Actually, like speaking of tanking, wouldn't this be a great year to tank? Because yes. like it's it's a it's a tough year, and like it's only sixty games, and you're not going to lose out on ticket sales if your team's terrible. So why not just like mail it in and try to get a really good draft pick? God, that'd be so great if this was just like an absolute race to the bottom for everybody. After all this, that'd be good. Like, the, plot, the plot of the producers, <laughs> right? We should keep an eye on this and see, like, a team that's just, like, fledgling and then maybe starting to tank a little bit. Hey, if it wants to be my team, I'm, I'm good to, to ride that. I just want to make sure that my cutout out in the outfield in Oakland makes it. That's all I'm looking for here. I think we need more Broadway references in this podcast, Jimmy. <laughs> that was fantastic. It really was. We, don't, we need to broaden our... our horizons here because i have a feeling we're not going to be talking about baseball for too long unfortunately he's, he's going to come in next episode and be like so i want to tell you how baltimore is like the plot of annie get your gun we're gonna be like, <laughs> wait a second sam do we have a quick kbo update i uh, i can pull up the standings i checked yesterday and the nc dinos were still up by five and a half games okay uh actually before we do that real quick do we have any other predictions we want to get out there into the world I have a quick one, and that's, uh, I think I said this on a couple episodes ago. Um, I think uh, pace of play will be increased. Like the, the time, average game time will be down because there's no like fans getting in the way. There's just, they, they just want to fucking get it over with, it, it seems like. So I don't know. We'll okay. see how that pans out. Well, let's see. So and uh, so KBO standings NC Dinos are 44 and 21. Uh, it's a 677 win percentage. They're up five and a half games on the Bears, uh, who are 40 and 28. Then we got um, the Kia Tigers, the Kiwum Heroes, the LG Twins. And then the bottom team is the Hanwha uh, Wiver. Oh, sorry, the Wiverns are SK. They are 20, oh. 24 and 44. They're 21 and a half games back, Ben. That's tough. I bet, uh, Jimmy, I should have worn, I, bought, I got an NC Dino shirt because I've been watching a lot of Korean baseball. It's just a picture of a dinosaur holding a baseball bat. It's pretty cool. I, uh, <laughs> I I think that really my team's just getting ready for the 30 for 30. It's got to be. It's got to be. It's the comeback uh, story of a century. It's going to happen. Except not at all. Well, if you like what you're hearing, make sure to check us out. We are at sensiblyloud.com. Huge props to JMac for producing this and most every other episode that we do here at the Outfielder Podcast. I want to give massive, massive thanks to our boy Jimmy Midtown flying in all the way from uh, Hell's Kitchen, Manhattan. Boy, are his arms tired. We are happy to, uh, happy to have you, sir. Uh, Y'all, wash your goddamn hands. Wear a mask. We want to get back to baseball, and we need all of your help. So please do the damn thing. Please, I'm sick of asking. 
We want to thank everyone for tuning in to episode 119 of the Outfielder Podcast. We'd like to thank all of our fans, Sensibly Loud Media, our sponsors, and those with a sharp eye to keep the runners close. Grounds crew, please keep patrolling that outfield. Big ups to Kevin Towers. Don't text and drive, and we'll see you right back here next time on the Outfielder Podcast. Yeah.